Ladies and gentlemen, now entering the basement wing in at 237 pounds, he is your host, the man in the mirror, Jordan Tyler Wallenberg. Welcome to Wazzas! Let's get fucking listening, baby! It's me, it's your man, it's your main man, it's O-Walls, episode number 66 this week, ladies and gentlemen, we're back, we're back like we are every week, <clears throat> so thank you, first of all, a little bit of a sore throat, so bear with me this week, also, thank you for the patience, we got a little bit of a late pod coming, <clears throat> So, uh, so yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's hit that housekeeping. If you guys could rate, review, comment, subscribe, share, you know, the deal, tell people about it. Um, and so, Hey, without further, much further ado, we got the masters to talk about. We had some fights this weekend, some, some news in the football world. And we got some passing thoughts and the NHL, the NHL season is over. So let's dive right into all that. All right, let's start with the Masters. John Rahm is your winner. 65, 69, 73, 69 to finish 12 under. Four shots clear of Brooks Kepka and one Phil Mickelson. Let's start with let's start with John Rahm here. Double bogeys the first with a little back points. Four putts. Then goes out and shoots a opening round 65, 65 after back points. If you wonder what that kind of shenanigans looks like, that is birdies on the next two holes, birdies on seven, an eagle on eight, then birdies on 13, 15, 16, and 18. That is straight up balling. First. Now that I'm thinking here, the change to 13 worked. There were people getting home, but they weren't hitting mid-irons in. I I think you have to call that a success. I think that's a success. Brooks Kepka back, back-ish. I mean, and we're going to talk more about Kepka later here too, but I think he's back-ish. He holds the the lead going into the final round, two shot lead that Rom overcomes with just a beautiful final round. Only Rom only makes one bogey in the final round, just a bogey on nine, but otherwise a very clean round, very much low stress, as low stress as it can be in that situation. Granted, it may have taken a little longer than they wanted because Patrick Cantlay was being the human rain delay in the group ahead of him. But, you know, otherwise, it was pretty low stress for him, I think. Kepka didn't have his best day, and by the back nine, it looked pretty over. Kepka was three over making the turn. <clears throat> Made more bogeys and birdies out on that side, but it just, there was this, it just felt like inevitability after the bogey on nine from Kepka. 
I don't know why, but it just did. And he, I mean, he hit his opening tee ball, uh, like almost off the face of the earth is what it looked like. That said, he looked a lot more like the Brooks Kepka of like three, four years ago than he did the Brooks Kepka of one and two years ago. So I think he's backish. We're going to come back to him. John Rahm now has what, four wins on the season? And is going to be the prohibitive favorite going to, unless he plays awful golf. In the meantime, he'll be the prohibitive favorite going to uh, to Oak Hill, too. By the way, Oak Hill in May, I know all the stats say the weather's better everywhere. Like, I think a lot because of the thunderstorms. It could fucking snow in Rochester in May. That would be so incredible. So fucking incredible, I can't even hope to see it. Yeah, John Rahm, uh, dating back to the century, one, two, three. Yeah, fourth one of the year, second major. Not a bad performance. Um, just had a couple of weird little spots down in Florida. WD'd from the players, T39 at uh, the Arnold Palmer, and then, you know, the match play wasn't his best either. <clears throat> but, yeah, John Rahm, just, uh, I think, you know, now in the Scotty Scheffler John Rahm, Rory McIlroy discussion. I think he he puts himself a slot ahead of Scotty Scheffler, and Rory falls down to the bottom. Uh, we'll get probably touch on Rory a little bit when we get to the missed cut section, but not great, not great. Phil, Phil Mickelson, Sunday sixty five with a bogey. Birdies five of his last seven holes. 12, 13, 15, 17, 18. Absolutely incredible. He had an absolutely horrific stretch of golf in the middle of the third round, middle to the end of the third round. And I forget exactly where he where they got called off. But it wasn't great for him when he got back on the course either. In the third round. He bogey, He was two under through six, and then bogeyed seven and eight, then 10, 11, and 18. I would. I can't remember exactly, but 18 for sure was after the comeback, and I think the 10 and 11 may have been as well. Just an absolutely awful stretch. If he just plays those one over, those holes, that stretch of holes one over, there's a playoff. And gosh knows what, you know, God knows what it does if he's really charging way up the leaderboard. But yeah, Phil Mickelson, 52 years old, post a T2 at the Masters. He hasn't played good golf in pretty much since he won since he won the PGA two years ago. And when was his last good Masters finish? I think I've heard it hasn't he hasn't had like a real good Masters finish in like six years or something like that. He looks like he's lost an absolute ton of weight. Coffee must be working. Let's see his results. His last top 20 in any major besides the Masters, I mean, besides the PGA that he won, was a T18 at the Masters, which isn't incredible because of, uh, you know, how small the field is. His really last good master showing was 2015 when he went T2. 
it was in that stretch where he was just really peeling them off. I mean, if you go back to <clears throat> to 1999, T6, T7, 3, 3, 3, 1, 10, 1, T24, T5, 5, 1, T27, T3, and then it starts to peel off, T54 cut, T2. And then from there, it really hasn't been great. So, I mean, just really out of nowhere. I mean, in 2022... He, you know, he didn't play the Masters or the PGA, came back at the U.S. Open, missed the cut there, not the Open Championship. Hasn't even been playing good and live. I mean, I just, I don't think anybody was expecting it. Um, I just don't think anyone was expecting it at all. I mean, I sure wasn't. The equivalent, this was the coolest thing. The equivalent to Phil Mickelson finishing T2 here this week would be John Rahm finishing second at the Masters in 2047. 2047. I mean, Phil played his first Masters in 1991 when he made the cut as a low, as an amateur. He was the low am that year. Then started playing in 93, and then consecutively from 1995 to now. Minus 2022. Just absolutely absurd. Best ratings for a round of major golf since the 2018 Masters. That's 2018 that the one Patrick Reed won, not 2019 when Tiger. Remember in 2019, they pushed up the tee times and actually played early. I think they were done by like 1 or 2 o'clock that day. Like they were done before the normal window for them to come on even was. So I'm sure a lot of people... You know, the golf sickos were watching it live, and then, you know, your kind of casuals may have just tuned in as is and or not even known it had started, and all of a sudden, oh, Tiger won. So. Spieth? Spieth made, shot a Sunday 66 and was trying to get it interesting. He made three bogeys. Three bogeys. Now, this is a big what-if, obviously, but if Spieth could have kept his card clean, he could have posted 10. I know Rom only made two birdies on the back nine, and by the time I think Spieth posted though about the time they were making the turn, so you never know. You never know. Uh, Sam Bennett, the amateur, he hung around for a while. Rough weekend, but I mean, I don't know what he expects from the AM. Seventy four on Sunday, seventy six in the third round. And kind of, you know, not as best. 76, 74 on the weekend. But hey, great showing for the amateur. Jason Day had a a nice little, you know, he had himself a nice weekend until until Sunday. Eight over on Sunday, I believe. Yeah, eight over. 80. Falls all the way back to T39. It was three under. Three under with, you know, a little 68. Gets him to six. That would have got him a top 10. Hovland struggled a little bit. He started the day eight under. I mean, double on six. Never really got anything going after that. Um, Sahith Thigala, he put together a little Sunday 67. He made lots of birdies. A couple bogeys. So, yeah, and pretty impressive from him. Cam Young, a nice Sunday a nice Sunday round. He made birdies and bogeys and eagles. 68 with two bogeys. So yeah, there was some uh, Russell Henley. What? Let's look up Russell Henley because I feel like his finishes may not assert this, but he always kind of like shows up in majors. 
I don't know that he ever like really finishes it off. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, he only has that was his first ever top 10 in a major, but I feel like he kind of shows up all the time. T11 in 2017, T15 in 2018 at the Masters. There have to have been like there's got to have been like moments where he was up there. So uh Tiger WD's whether or not for him, he was in rough shape apparently. Uh Wills Alatoris also WD's, he's getting another surgery. Uh Miss Cuts, Bryson DeChambeau, who's again been playing bad golf. Corey Connors, who has been playing good golf and has played good at the Masters, also W also misses the cut. And then Rory. I, I bought the fucking hype. I bought the Rory hype. 72-77. Just totally fucking bails. Just I don't know. Maybe this place isn't for him. Maybe we're back to that. Prisoner of the moment there. Scotty Scheffler had a font, had an okay weekend. He actually snuck back in to get a T10. Uh, Sunday, 70, 71 in the third round while a lot of other people were going backwards. It was the Friday 75 that really got him because he opened up with 68. I don't know what the exact stats were, but at one point he was dead last in putting. Of those people who made the cut, which is impressive. Um, I think we're just to this point now. <clears throat> I said Brooks Kepka back ish. Now everyone remembers in 2017 through 2019, Brooks Kepka was darn near unbeatable in the in the majors. Let me let me assure myself of the of the dates of these majors. Yep, in 2017 he wins the U.S. Open. Then in 2018 he wins the o- the U.S. Open again, and then the PGA Championship in the same year. Holds off Tiger that year at the PGA in uh, B- Bell Reef. 2019 he, which is this year is a wild year. He finishes T two at the Masters, kind of chokes that away to Tiger. He was one of the guys, but he kind of came back. Nobody else really came back. Wins the PGA in May at Bethpage. Second in the U.S. Open. T4 in the Open Championship. Comes back T7 in the 2020 Masters, which is a weird one, obviously. And then 2021, he has a nice one. He gets cut in the Masters, but T2, T4, T6 at the Open Championship. Now here's where we're going to dive into this. This was a tweet thread by Shane Ryan. 2019, the last time he won a major, PGA, he was 13 under on the 10th tee that day and ended up winning at 8 under. And if you remember, Dustin Johnson was out there kind of chasing him, but wasn't doing any chasing. He was just kind of running along. And Brooks just kept falling back to him. And I think Varner, the tweet says, and everybody else, was they were so far out in front. Varner, the only other contender, was a disaster, which is pretty normal for Harold Varner and majors. Next major, U.S. Open. He's a shot off Woodland's lead on Sunday at 11. Bogey's 12, pars out, loses by three. 2021, the PGA is uh, with Phil. Takes a one-shot lead on Phil after the first hole. Five over the next 12 holes to play himself out of contention. U.S. Open. Of 2021, one shot off the lead going into 15, 
plays last four holes two over, and loses. Now, there's a lot to be said about just playing yourself into those situations. But there's a lot to be said about repeatedly not getting it done. Now, hey, was he ever going to do it like he did it in 17, 18, and 19, where he just repeatedly got in position to win and kept winning? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But is there maybe something something else going on? Is he maybe just not the killer we all thought he was? That's possible. It is possible. It's possible that you just get it for a while in golf. You know, you see these people. Rory McIlroy wins four majors in a short time span. Arnold Palmer is a great example of this. Let me find him him real quick. He won, I think, all of his majors in a seven-year span. Let me look here. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Yeah, uh, six years. He won seven majors in six years. He won the Masters in 1958, and his last... Uh, major was the Masters in 1964. In 1964, he was born in 29. So 30 years was 59. He was 35 years old. Kind of in your golfing prime. Now, he had tons more top 10s. 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. 16 more top 10s in majors after that. Never got it done. Like, this just kind of happens. And really, you know, you take out the 58 and the 64. He won five of his majors in three years. Two in 1960, one in 61, two more in 1962. Like, it happens like that. Golf can just, you can just get hot and that's it. And then it just doesn't come back to you sometimes. So, yeah. So, all right, I think I've uh, I think I've expelled most of my golf stuff. Uh, another designated event next week on the PGA Tour, Harbor Town. So yeah, that's uh, that's all for the Masters. Okay, let's do a little fight game here. Uh, UFC two eighty seven. Let's start there. My picks. Hope you guys were fading them because I think I went one and four. I think I picked Raul Rosas Jr. I know I said I was rooting for Kevin Holland, but I think I picked against him. I can't remember who I picked in Font versus Giannis. I think Giannis definitely picked Gilbert Burns. So there's my one, and I like ninety eight percent sure I picked against Izzy. I thought Pereira had his number, but I did say I wouldn't be super shocked if Izzy got him. Uh, second round knockout for Izzy. A nice, uh, he was kind of getting pushed up, not pushed, but like literally, but like physically and in the thing, he was getting pushed up against the fight, uh, against the cage in the fight. Prayer hitting some nice leg kicks on the way in, really working him. But is he kind of caught a little, little short left jab to kind of offset Pereira and then a hard overhand right? And then it looked like he also got him on the ear after he'd kind of stung him. <clears throat> so yeah, he gets the, the second round knockout. And gets his first win against the guy. I was a little surprised when I saw him be like, oh, yeah, the story's finished, man. I'm like, all right. You beat him one time. Like, it's 1-1 in UFC. I think the rubber match is coming. I think the rubber match is coming. And it's well-deserved for the rubber match to come. 
I guess Gilbert Burns beat Jorge Masvidal pretty soundly. I can't say I'm surprised about that. I get one right every once in a while. And Masvidal's just not that good. Like, he had some great moments. But, I mean, the Ben Askren knee... I mean, it's two big claim to fame moments are the Ben Askren knee. And then he beat Nate Diaz, who, again, also not that good. And yes, I know they could both kick my ass. I'm just talking in comparison. (laughs) But yeah, so I guess he retires after the fight. He didn't officially say retire. I don't don't know if I've seen anything since. And he made, he said all the things that you'd say if you are retiring, but he didn't say I'm retired. Um, So we'll see. I mean, he's still a name and a fun guy to watch fight. So we'll see if he gets drawn back in for a bigger payday or something like that. We'll see if he goes over and boxes. Jake Paul, him and Jake Paul in a boxing match. You never know. That's that's a possibility. UFC this weekend. Max Holloway in the main event against Arnold Allen. Don't know much about him. And then Edson Barbosa in the co-main against Billy... Oh, I should look at these. Like, really study him. Billy Quarantillo? Quarantillo? We'll go with that. <clears throat> Holloway, always a fun fighter. He's looking to get a win after uh, fighting Volkanovski in his last fight. See if he can get himself back on track. Boxing? Shakur Stevenson? He wins. Maybe next fight versus the winner of Haney and Loma, which should be a good fight. Bam Rodriguez also wins. He wins a belt in the second weight class. And this week in boxing... ESPN Plus, as well as uh, the UFC card, which is also on ESPN Plus, Joe Joyce versus Zhang Zhili. Those are some big boys who are going to throw some big punches. Uh, We'll see how how much of a real deal Joe Joyce is, because Zhang Zhili is a tough fight. So that's about it for the fight game. Uh, Talk some more about it next week, probably. Flyers update. It's still not good, but it's almost over. Just two games left this season for the Flyers. I believe they play tonight. Yep, tonight they host the Blue Jackets. And Thursday they're in Chicago to take on the lowly Blackhawks. But yeah, season season is almost over. It's about to come to a close. They're obviously not going to make the playoffs. The crazy thing is they have improved from last year. At this point already, they have four more wins. Four more wins and a couple more overtime losses. So, you know, they got 10 more points this this year than they had last year total. What an improvement. So we'll see if, uh, you know, they're going to finish 14th or 15th in the conference, 26th or 28th overall, somewhere in that range. See if we can get, they can get lucky enough to get a good draft pick in the, in the lottery. Kind of a little high on that, but you never know. Um, yeah, it was tough. I didn't watch a lot of Flyers games after, like, February. Just, like, <clears throat> the constant, constant losing is tough to watch. I'm all in, every, and it's been like this both years. I'm all in through New Year's. After that, it starts to be like, well, eh, if it fits, I don't go out of my way. And then by February, it's like, these fuckers just don't win. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a rough start to my Flyers fandom. There is no doubt about that. We are going to hope for improvements. They're starting to make changes in the organization. Hopefully they make enough of them that they can uh, win some games. Just be competitive. Just like playoff hunt so that winning matters. 
Because winning doesn't matter. Like when winning feels like, ah, shit, that's not actually how you want it. That's not what you want. So. Yeah. Uh, cheers to another, uh, cheers to another flyer season. A little bit of football news today. What do you know? A little football news, both in the NFL and in college. So first, let's start with the NFL, the big leagues, the league, the NFL. OBJ to sign a one-year, $18 million deal with the Baltimore Ravens. <clears throat> Fifteen million of which is guaranteed, essentially. Thirteen point three eight five million dollar signing bonus. That's all guaranteed. One point one six five base. I think that's uh, all, but you know that that's all but guaranteed for the most part, too. I mean, I think if he gets injured and doesn't play, some of but a huge portion and three million and plus in incentives. Close to $15 million is guaranteed money for Odell Beckham Jr. I think he's had like 900 receiving yards the past two years. Just absolutely mind-boggling when I saw this. You, you have to think this means that the Ravens are getting somewhere with Lamar, or this is a big ploy to help them get somewhere with Lamar. Because otherwise, this is asinine. Absolutely asinine. Didn't even play last year. He played in 14 games in 2021. 14. Um, yeah, it's it's something. I don't know what it is. But, I mean, in 2020, he only played in seven games. Just don't know. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I mean, his production had started to come down a little bit anyway. After those first three years, he had, he had 1,300 yards, 1,450, 1,367. Last year in New York, it was down to 1,052. I mean, still a 1,000-yard receiver, but only six touchdowns compared to 12, 13, and 10 the first year. And then 17, I believe he was hurt. And then two years in Cleveland. Or, sorry, three, three and a half years in Cleveland. Never exceeds 10 touchdowns. I mean, shoot, his last half year in Cleveland, he didn't have a touchdown. And he got to the Rams, and they started force-feeding him the football. So, yeah, this will be interesting. I mean, yeah, since 2023 seasons, he's only played 21 games. Two knee injuries. I don't get paid a lot of money to be an NFL executive, but I don't get this one. I don't get this one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is still not a part of the Jets. There were some rumors that popped up that maybe the 49ers would be getting in on the action, but that doesn't really make sense. They have no cap space. I know that doesn't mean anything, though. 
the cap is irrelevant for most most things. But they also don't have a first or second round pick this year, which is something you would think they would need. So who knows? Again, I'm, I'm thinking the deadline is of this is the draft this year. I can't imagine the Packers want to go into the like get through the draft and not get not get some compensation for this year. I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, if something isn't done by the draft, which is not far away, by the way, a couple weeks. And if I have to bet, the the Packers are going to settle for a second. I, I I see that as more willing that the Packers settle for a second than something doesn't get done. My favorite coach in the world, Cliff Kingsbury, is going to be the offensive coordinator at USC. I can't wait for one more season, and all of a sudden, Cliff Kingsbury is going to be looked to some fucking awesome job again. Oh, Cliff Kingsbury, let's see. There's a wide-open NFL position with a team that's poised and ready to win now. Let's give it to Cliff Kingsbury. The QB whisperer, Cliff Kingsbury. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe we're past that point, but who knows? And not on the field news, but for those of us who watch at home, NFL Sunday Ticket had been announced earlier. It was moving to YouTube TV. Pricing is out. $349 this year on YouTube TV, which is an increase of about $58 from the $257 from $293 on DirecTV last year. The catch is, though, you can buy it without having to get YouTube TV. You can just buy a standalone product for $449. That does not include the red zone on the regular price. You can get the red zone. If you have YouTube TV for three eighty nine, And if you don't have it, it goes up to four, four ninety for red zone with Sunday ticket. The catch is here. You get a hundred dollar discount if you buy it by June. So it would be down to two forty nine, which would be a decrease in price for those of us who have YouTube TV from last year on DirecTV. And at $350 for those who don't have YouTube TV and then would not have to buy DirecTV, I guess that's the silver lining, is that if you don't have either, it's it's a huge win for you because you never had either, so you couldn't do it, and now it's $350, which I guess is okay. But if you have YouTube TV and you do it early, it's cheaper. But last year, I was pretty damn happy with paying my, what, $75 for Red Zone all year. Still no option to just do a single team. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's annoying because I really liked Red Zone, and I really liked what I did last year. Where I, I'm local, so I watch all the Packers games, but then I had Red Zone for, you know, 8 bucks a month. Now I got to do 250 to get it. Kind of fucking annoying. It's like, do I, and now I'm like, kind of like, I like YouTube TV. I like the way it works. I like the channels. It's like, now do I got to go get something else? So, so yeah, so that's that. That's, uh, that's all for the football news. Uh, like I said, NFL draft coming up. We're going to have, uh, we're going to have some talks on that for sure. Passing thoughts time. Tell you what, Arizona weather in April can't be beat really. 
Got a little steamy uh, one day I was out there, but yeah, just got back from an Arizona golf trip. My golf game is trash, but that's, you know, that's nothing new. Not very good. I get to the point where I can at least hobble it around in the summer, but coming out of a Wisconsin winter, you don't really play good golf, especially when you go to Arizona where it is target golf. And we played some, some ones that were a little more beneficial to blowing it all over the map this year. <clears throat> I struggled. I struggled with the D piece. Not, uh, not my best. You know, like I said, it's April though. I, uh, beautiful weather here back in Wisconsin, but not going to get out and play much for probably another week, maybe two, maybe three, depending on the schedule of, uh, of work and the weather. So, uh, yeah, by, uh, by May we'll be, we'll be getting more into it. Um, eventful trip. Golf wasn't great, but there was a hell of a trip to a, a casino out there. And, uh, I mean, I had one buddy standing on the table, <clears throat> touching the cards and somehow he wasn't the guy who got kicked out. We had a buddy who was, uh, he was taking a little nap at the table. And at one point they, uh, they decided to come tell us that he needed to leave. And that was about their final straw with us. Cause we were having a time. We were winning some money. We we're screaming at the top of our lungs. So my voice is kind of the way it is. And they decided they were going to up the table. They doubled the table limit on us in the middle of nowhere. told us that they did that with every table. Well, I ended up on a different table later that night that had the same limit we started on. Did not let us, uh, did not grandfather us in. They were looking to get us out of there. And they finally saw their moment when our buddy started taking a little nap in his seat. He was escorted from the casino. They were unhappy with how long it took to get through their own cashier line. And then they made sure they walked him all the way out to the Uber pickup area, waited for the Uber to pick him up. And then radioed back in what the Uber number was as everyone was getting into the car. Just an absolutely all-time story. And, uh, you know, if any of you know, you know, me and listen to the pod, I'm sure you guys are going to be able to to figure it out pretty quick who that was, but I won't put them on blast. So, uh, yeah, casinos are a wild place. I mean, on a different night, I had some lady sit down at the table. She starts talking to the dealer. Dealer's name is Roger. Apparently they know each other, both been going through divorces and this lady's a regular and has, uh, has spoke with Roger about it. They've consoled each other. Well, next thing you know, she's got a, a big double hand and she needs, she needs a bust out of the dealer. And I, I don't think she was doing it purposely because we all started laughing hysterically at the table. She starts screaming, bust for me, baby, bust for me, Roger, bust for me, baby. And I mean, the entire table is just losing our fucking minds. Like, I'm laughing so hard, I'm crying and having to, like, wipe my eyes with my shirt. And she's like, what's so funny? What's so funny? It was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. She is just, and I mean, not not just, like, saying it loudly, like, bus for me, baby! Bus for me, Roger! And I've got buddies at the table, and we're just, we can't take it. She just keeps saying, I mean, she said it. The bus for me, baby, bus for me, Roger, bus for me, baby. We'll call that like one rendition. She probably said it three times, three, four times, because she started saying it before the dealer even started taking cards. She started saying it like halfway through the dealer getting the rest of the table. It was incredible, incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, So I watched Blue Chips on the plane out there. <clears throat> that was a... uh. 
That was a good movie. I'd never seen Blue Chips. It's a pretty good movie. I'm trying to think. I watched a, I watched a movie on the plane, too, and now I can't think of it. What did I watch? I finished it and then started watching, um, you know, like the 30 for 30 on the Lakers and the and the Celtics. That was good. But what else did I watch on the movie? What other plane did I, movie, play, uh, movie did I watch on the plane? I can't remember. Can't remember. Well, I can't remember, but Billions Season 3 is where I'm at now. Really, really enjoyed Season 1 and Season 2. Haven't been as into Season 3. Seems like it's starting to drag a little bit. Maybe lose some steam. Uh, it's pretty early. Maybe it, maybe it rebounds and maybe later seasons get a little better, but what is there, seven seasons of Billions? I think so. I think maybe they're on seven right now. Billions to end with season seven. Upcoming, upcoming, up, up, upcoming, upcoming season seven. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, consistent public. Okay, so there's six seasons out. I'm through. I'm through. You know, almost half, and just slipping a little bit. Hey, it's tough to to keep you know series going. Just consumed a book, listened to it, did not read it. The White Pill by Michael Malice kind of tells the story of uh, the Soviet Union and East Germany a little bit and the kind of the rise and their fall. Very, very interesting. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I'm kind of a history dork. I, I found it super interesting. Uh, it was, you know, the White Pill, the idea is hope. And it kind of ties it up with there's always hope at the end of it, at the end of the rainbow, if you will. Um, probably not for the faint of heart, some tough stuff in there along the way, but you know, it was, I thought it was very good. I thought it was very informative and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. So I would recommend it to anybody who has any sort of history interest that if, uh, if they're looking for, you know, a, a good book that that's definitely one form. I'm excited. The, the new Jack Carr book is coming out in May and can't wait for that. That should be uh, should be a good one. That one was set up very well at the end of the last book, and I cannot wait. Um, I am also looking forward to the golf course here. My local track is supposed to be opening, I believe, this week. This week here, so I cannot wait for that. Boomer, Boomer seems excited about the golf course opening. Boomer, you want to come over here and talk to the people about it? He doesn't. I think he just wants to go outside because the weather is so nice here uh, that we're going to be mowing some grass as well. I may even have to mow grass this week. Oh, yeah? That's what you think, bud? Um, and, yeah, since he's getting impatient, we'll just uh, we'll just leave you with one stat here. Uh, saw this about the MLB. Their game speeds have increased. All right. Their game speeds have increased exponentially. Um, I think like two hours down. Uh, let me see. I might have this picture here after ding dong's done barking at me here. Uh, 2022 average game lasted 309. As of last week, Monday, average game in 2023 was lasting 238. Twins Marlins took just one hour and 57 minutes. That seems like a good thing. That seems like a good thing. And then this wild stat uh, about Craig Maddox. And Tony Gwynn. Greg Maddox, obviously, phenomenal picture. Pitcher. 
Hall of Famer, no doubt. Him and Tony Gwynn went up against each other 107 times. Tony Gwynn had a lifetime batting average of 415 and zero strikeouts. Zero strikeouts. This is a great, great quote from Greg Maddox. If a pitcher can change speeds, every hitter is helpless, limited by human vision, except for that expletive, I would assume that's fucker, Tony Gwen. That is an all-time quote, and that's an all-time stat. So we'll uh, we'll leave you on that one. Closing time, everybody. Uh, I want to thank everybody for, for hanging with me. I know we got this pot out late today. Uh, some travel and, and being tired, as you can hear, my voice is a little beat up. So I, I thank you guys for dealing with that. And uh, we should be back to normal next week. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to be back, of course, as always. Um, we got some fights to talk about. There'll be, a, a, again, designated event on the PGA Tour this week to talk about. I'm pretty hopeful, and I think we're almost all but confirmed to have uh, one Ethan E. Sexton on to talk talk about the MLB now that that's underway. And I'm thinking the week after that, we're going to have uh, MJ on do a little draft preview. So some fun stuff coming up. So again, thank you guys so much. I appreciate all of you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Be back next week. Till then, peace.